Hello and welcome to another edition of Super Necessary. I'm Jay. I'm Kieran. I'm going to go over UFC 10 today, do it a little bit differently with it being our 10th episode. Uh, we're going to look at the latest MMA news and we're going to go over what we consider some of the biggest upsets in MMA. So, as we say, we've decided to go a bit different with it being our 10th episode. So, rather than reviewing one of the latest cards that have been out, there's been quite a few to choose from, but in fairness, none have really suited us at the time with work and things. So, we've decided yeah. to go a bit different, as I say. Look at um, UFC 10, just because it was our 10th episode. So, very, yes. very different to what it is now. Uh, with, with that event, as I'm sure many of you will be aware, obviously it was the tournament format. Um, and it, 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 just, it, it, it didn't feel like the UFC for me. Not that that's a bad thing, um, but it just it felt weird. Yeah, I, I know. I think it's, you know, going back and watching it and it's just, it's a different format. I mean, I don't think you'd ever see that format again in the UFC, you know. Especially considering the lightweight division now, that would have been the perfect time for it. But you know, I, you'd never see that format again. And I don't know, it was just there's a lot to talk about with it. Just how much it's changed, how much it's it's grown. You know, it's yeah, it's absolute madness. I think I think the biggest difference is, and I don't think you will see that format again. I do think you're right. Um, and I think that format, the way the UFC had it back then, is outdated now. Um, yeah. You know, I think when the UFC was originally set up, obviously, you know, um, Rory and Gracie, and I can't, I can't remember who the other one was who set it up, but it almost feels like when they first set it up, especially with that first event, the way everybody underestimated Hoist Gracie and he just steamrolled everyone and, and yeah. chucked everyone out kind of thing. It looks like it was almost like it was set up to show people that, you know, just because he's the little guy, he's he's not the one he's not the one you want to mess with kind of thing. Yeah. Um but the format wouldn't work anymore, I don't think, because you've got so many elite fighters now at different weight classes. Um and also you've got more fighters now who can utilise multiple skill sets where I don't think you got that as much in the tournament setting. Yeah, I, I think um uh, I think now it's like watching it, it's like you could see it was just you had that one specific um, skill or uh, sorry, it's a discipline. So what I was thinking is in in the main events, shall we say, um, there was a point when uh, Coleman had his back, but the big difference that you would see today is Coleman only had one hook in with his leg and so he, he, that's why 
uh, Fry was able to to escape and like that. I think that was the big difference. Like you only really know one martial art or one discipline, and it's just which excels more. Um, mm. And I mean that's something you n- never really see today. Like today, you've got to know everything and be prepared for everything. Yeah, I think for me it was more. I mean, I get I get that point, but. For me, it was more. I noticed there was a lot of times when someone would have another fighter's back. For instance, there was times when when Coleman had Fry's back and he'd slip an arm under his chin, yeah. But then not go for the choke, yeah, yeah. And that's obviously because it's not what it's he, not his go-to thing, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what I noticed a lot, and it was happening. It probably, I think it happened in possibly the what one was it? I think possibly the Fry and Hall fight, maybe. I yeah, I think it might have happened in that. It definitely happened in another fight, but there was times when you were like, but even the commentators were like, why isn't he going for the choke? Yeah, um, yeah. But it's obvious, like, you know, I think Gracie Jiu Jitsu or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, whatever you want to call it, that wasn't still, even though it got utilised to death in the first couple of tournaments, especially, it still wasn't a big thing in, in the US at the time. Yeah. Um, only more recently. That it, that it has. I mean, you see, with, with what I did like about it, though, what it, what I did enjoy was the um, introducing them. So the tailor, the tape was showing did what their disciplines were as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a good was, touch. That was um, to understand their actual background. Yeah. Um, so like you had, I think who was it? The the survival. It was a multi Hollandstein, wasn't it? Yeah, Hollandstein. Which was yeah. a bit strange, but I think that was. I think he was the actual only. Even though Coleman kind of destroyed them, I think he was the only sort of mixed martial artist there. Yeah. Um, from what from the way they the commentators described it, with the survival, it's he had a bit of everything. And he, it, I think he had the uh, he was like army wearing, so he had that mm. background. So maybe that kind of survival comes into it. Yeah. But I think uh, Goodridge was act, his actual discipline was martial arts. So mm. I mean, obviously. Now everything today is martial arts. Yeah, that's mad to see that as a specific discipline. You know. Yeah. Um, before we get into the fights, well, I want to go over a few little things I noticed. Um, so the first, one thing that stood out for me straight away was how very awkward it was before the fighting actually started. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was funny. I mean. I mean, it was again it was it's, funny. It's something you wouldn't see today, you know, introducing, you know, the the cut man or, you know, the medical staff, but it's it's just how they were standing there like smiling or, you know. Yeah, it's like they had them all lined up against the cage and it's like, right, you're gonna be on camera and you're gonna like it. Yeah. So smile. And it was just, <laughs> just look the first guy especially. Um <laughs> it, it, it just it felt weird. It felt awkward. Yeah. Didn't but it wasn't necessary. I mean, I, yeah, you, you don't need it, do you? I mean, you don't, you don't really need to see the faces or not. You don't need to introduce them like that. You know, all, all it needed was the way they do now. So you, even in boxing, you don't find out who the judges are before the main event. Yeah, yeah. Even though they've been judging all night. Yeah. Um, and it's the same, you know, that that's that's all it needs. Yeah. Nobody cares who the judges are, really. Yeah, I know. As or long as who the, the doctor is. As long as you do the job. Oh. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed, another thing, well, another thing I noticed, um, obviously John McCarthy was ref for every fight. Yeah. Um, 
and he, he, like was, he was a very aggressive ref. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. It was like, you know, at one point I think he had Frank. He's like, listen, you've got to do something. You know, he was like... Yeah, but really, which, let me, if I look back, I might be able to tell what fight it was. The Mark Coleman one and Malty Hornstein, the way yeah. he literally, like, rugby tackles him off him. Yeah, and, also, and like, I was like, when he's picking them up as well, he just grabbed an arm and like, get up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was he was very he was a very aggressive ref, and um, I didn't realize he was that aggressive. I don't know if it's it was more so back in the day, you know. I don't maybe, know if it's yeah. continued on as yeah, you know. He's, but even like yeah. when he was asking him if they were ready, and they were facing the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was he was on the you, cage. You need to face me. Yeah. It's yeah. like wow, was, John, calm down, mate. <laughs> I, was I was like, I was kind of taken back by that, like, oh, okay, it's like, he's just stretching, <laughs> just yeah. give him a minute. <laughs> I know. Um, the other thing we both noticed was the use of entrance music, well, I say use of entrance music, it all being the same, um, yeah. and then they obviously f- utilised that in the future. Yeah, the um, introduction of yeah. fighters. And so what it kind of reminded me of, um, I went to a, a wrestling event. Um, got tickets from work, and it was it was a last time we were on, but it was terrible. And it was called five star wrestling, and um, every even though you knew some of the wrestlers had like Rey Mysterio on it. Oh and, yeah. Um, like who else did have Carly though? I don't know if you remember him. He had like a big afro and stuff. But it had all these. Nice. It had quite a quite a few. It had Rob Van Damme. Um, oh okay. Yeah. Uh, so it had quite a few well known fighters, and but every fighter, every wrestler had the same entrance music. Yeah. Even the ones you knew, <laughs> and it was just really strange. And, and do you think it's it's like it's strange because, especially in WWE, Rey Mysterio and RVD would have had their own entrance well, music, and you would expect that. Yeah, but even the ones you wouldn't have heard of before would still get their own entrance music as well. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. all just share the same one. Yeah, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like with with some of the bigger ones, it probably would have been something to do with like paying for the music and, or mm. not getting the, the license the to but yeah. just go and find non-copyrighted music from somewhere and give them all a unique yeah. entrance it would have been nice with that I felt the same but at the same time I mean the sort of the prep before getting into the octagon was completely different on that than what it is now because there wasn't any yeah. it was walk to the octagon and get in and that was it Straight in, yeah. no, no now, it's not you come out yet, you know, yeah. no Vaseline no checks don't check the glove, don't check the, the guard, don't yeah. check the fingernails, none of that. So I don't even think they had a, a cup, did they? Probably not, no. One quick question. Would you have given five stars? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I'm sure if um, if anyone listens that remembers it and was there, possibly with me, they would agree. It was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. But difficult to free, so who cares? <laughs> Why not? No. Yeah, why not? Um, what was it? Was you but, was you um, like writing about it or something? No, no. Um, our basically our work sometimes just gives. Well, they used to anyway before COVID, obviously. Um, yeah. Like give tickets out to things, you know, for like your performance in work. Oh right, like that, so like an, as an incentive kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And and that was one of them. But I think the thing is with that, there wasn't many people who would want to go to a wrestling event, so. I don't think I actually earned it. It was just like, do you like wrestling? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like wrestling. Oh, is this wrestling? Oh, I like WWE. Uh, this, <laughs> this isn't it. <laughs> yeah. So. Give me some WWE tickets. 
Yeah. Now, do you try to? I remember do you try to big it up as if it was going to be the next sort of big company, and it was. It did get put on on TV and stuff as well. Oh, did and it? Like a little commentary team. Um, but I think about not even a quarter of the arena was full. It was like a corner of the arena, and that was it. There was okay. probably about a thousand people in there. And that's the perfect um, thing to go into the next thing I noticed. The the crowd. 4,300 in attendance with seats yeah. empty. You know, this is just showing yeah. how, how much it's changed. How far it's you know, Yeah, and you've even seen uh, like uh, a woman in the crowd holding the sign saying, uh, women like UFC as well or something, keep it legal. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. And it's like, you kind of forget that they were trying to ban UFC or mixed martial arts. Mm. You know, so it's been a, a long journey, you know, to oh, yeah. you know, get it. Did you have the big thing with New York? Didn't you get anything either in New York? Mm. Um so. Paris have only just you know, France have only just legalised it. Yeah. So exactly. it's still it's still a long road ahead. There's still gonna be places that that don't allow it. Um and it's still got a long way to, to come, you know. I think you've only got to look at, you know, compare it with boxing. There's so much more money in boxing. Yeah. Um but even more. but even over here. So UFC come to the UK and they go to the O2 in London, which holds let's say what, thirteen thousand people for I yeah. see. Or they come to the Echo Arena, which I think is about eleven thousand. Mm. Uh look at Anthony Joshua, he fights in front of ninety thousand people at Wembley. Yeah. Or seventy thousand in Cardiff. UFC could do them numbers. Yeah, definitely. But Especially in America, I don't know. It's obviously more beneficial for them to to go to the MGM in Vegas or wherever the Barclays Center, something like that, yeah. where you only hold thirteen thousand people. But then front row tickets cost you twenty grand. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what a lot, I mean? A lot, a lot it makes more sense. Why would you sell ninety thousand tickets at a cheaper price when you can sell thirteen thousand and make more money from it, or the same money? Yeah, um, and that's because you know people. But are could buy you them. imagine? You know, I know, I know, we're not fans of them, but could you imagine? The reaction of Conor McGregor in front of ninety thousand people. He wouldn't show. I, no, I don't he, think he'd show up for ninety thousand people. <laughs> he'd show up for ninety thousand people. Ninety or nineteen? Nine zero. Oh, ninety. Yeah, he'd show up. I think it was nineteen thousand. He probably hmm, no, yeah, no, not enough. Like he wouldn't <laughs> even care what he was doing. Like you could say, you could say, Conor, we're gonna get you on in front of ninety thousand people, and all we want you to do is piss on your own bottles of whiskey. <laughs> And burn them, and he got signed yet ninety thousand people. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> and from what I've heard about his whiskey, it probably tastes better after that. So, apparently, it's not nice. No. Apparently, it, it tastes like crap. But I'm not a whiskey drinker myself anyway, so no, me not. neither. Um, <laughs> but, think about it once, and I didn't. I, I, I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a good night. Um, Possibly. <laughs> so, yeah, the other things, um, obviously it was the first appearance of Bruce Buffer, who kind of seemed a bit nervous, almost. It just, I don't oh, know if it was nerves or it just, <laughs> we're used to seeing Bruce Buffer the way he is now. And... Yeah, no, what it is, I think it's because, especially with his, his, his brother, Michael, he's just, mm. he stands there and does the announcements and obviously he's got his big, whatever you want to call it, slogan or, you know, yeah. and I think maybe, at the time, Bruce was kind of doing the same thing, but mm. I think 
Bruce has kind of changed that now in terms of just what like a announcer should be. You know, he's energetic yeah. as you know, he, he just he seemed weird in that one. It's like I think oh, are you ready? It's like I think the difference yes, is now but, nowadays between Bruce Buffer and Michael Buffer is Michael Buffer's all about the catchphrase. Oh yeah. Um Michael Buffer's there for the payday. Um whereas I think Bruce Buffer is a fan of mixed martial arts. He, he's a martial arts himself. Well, yeah. So he gets as psyched for the fighters as we do as fans. Yeah. And that's what helps uh, him elevate what he when he's announcing. So when he's, you know, uh, the one the one that always stands out for me in that respect is um, the Ultimate Fighter one finale when uh, you know Forrest and, and Stefan. Yeah. And they both when Dana announces that they're both getting a contract, you just see. You just see uh, Bruce in the background. All oh, right, yeah. awesome! Like yeah. he's proper happy that they both get a contract because they it both did deserve a contract yeah, after yeah. that fight. So that's what you get with Bruce Buffy. You get someone, and it's like it's like having Joe Rogan on commentary. You know what I mean? Joe yeah. Rogan is a martial artist. He's a martial artist. He's a mixed martial arts fan, um, and he's a hype man as well. Like when yeah, he gets excited, that's what I mean. So excited, that's know. what you want. Bruce Buffy helps you get excited for the fights, but. He didn't really <laughs> in this in this first one. It was just like it was just very generic. Um, yeah. But obviously, that if it was his first one, that was always. Well, I think. What he, I don't know if it was always going to come over time, but thankfully it has come over time. Yeah, I think what he's done there is what a your typical announcer would do. You know, maybe he's probably forced he had to do that. Yeah. And along along the way, he's you know changed it. You know, become yeah. the the actual. The main announcer, obviously Michael Buff was still uh, the big one. But did, did you know that he took Michael Buff's Michael Buffer's slogan, you know, ready to rumble, whatever, and actually marked it? So now when you get like, do you remember the the little boxing ring game? You had gloves on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ready to rumble boxing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he'd done stuff like that. You know, marked it. Yeah, because I'm bigger. sure before he become, I'm sure before he was an announcer himself, he was part of Michael's team. He was his manager. Yeah, I know it was yeah. something like that. So he would have known what to do. I'd say it, it, it's probably surprising when you think of it like that that he did end up going into the announcing game himself. But I did, think probably most people thought he didn't have an interest in it. Well, there's a good thing on Fight Pass, there's Fight Lord, I think it's called, and it uh, goes into Buffer, you know, basically what he's done. And hmm. he said that Michael Buffer done a, done a UFC once. And then I think they, they were going to do another one, but he had to do like a boxing match. And Buffer said, listen, he said, listen, you need a buffer in the octagon. Let me do it, kind of thing. And, and now, you know, you well, Yeah, you that's what I mean. Bruce, Bruce probably only got the gig because his name was Buffer. But you can't, there's no escaping that. But he's become, you know, he's become... He's famous in his own Buffett. right. Yeah, he's he's, um, just, he's not, he's not Michael Buffer's brother. He's Bruce Buffer in his yeah, own right. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good for him. Don't get me wrong. As much as I, I do prefer, I do prefer Bruce, obviously. Yeah. To Michael, but I don't think he'll ever sort of surpass Michael. I think Michael's been doing it for too long. He's too successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's obviously got one of the most well-known catchphrases in the world. That's it, catchphrase, slogan, <laughs> catchphrase. Yeah, slogan, catchphrase, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it does sound like you were trying to say that Michael Buffett is a business yeah. more than a person, but it's the same thing, really. Now, um, as I say, it is one of the most well-known catchphrases in the world. 
in yeah. any walk of life. You know, you can you can meet people who, who don't like boxing. Who not will know that know what that is. Yeah. You know, it's so um it's just one of them. But as I say, Bruce is his own man, he's not Michael Buffer's brother, which is which is good for him. Um He's grown with the UFC, you know, he's Oh yeah. He's adapted to it as the the UFC's and, grown. You know. He's grown and changed his ways, you know. Yeah. And you know, with this tournament setting, like the fights, you can tell when you can tell that the fighters were trying to get the fights over quick and yeah. it really affect them the longer that they went on. Um and it was very surprising. Like well, it wasn't surprising, I think <laughs> Unfortunately, even before I watched it, and I seen that it, that Don Fry and Mark Coleman were both in it, yeah, kind of you kind of knew that was going to be the final because there's a reason you know who them two are. Yeah, yeah. You never really heard of the other ones. Yeah, with well, you well, talking about it, in, in where the like, fans are wanting Coleman and Fry. Well, that's what yeah you said that that was the sort of fans pick as what was going to be the final. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, as I said. There's a reason, you know, everybody knows who Don Fry and Mark Coleman are and not as many people will know who some of the other ones are. And um, obviously Gary Goodridge and then obviously you had a, a legend outside the cage as well with uh, Dan Seven. Yeah, Dan Seven, man. Um, <laughs> just... It was pretty surreal seeing Dan Seven and Don Fry at the same time. I genuinely yeah. thought he'd be the same person for a long time. <laughs> Did you say you look like Tom, Tom Selleck or something, was it? Yeah, by the way, you know what shocked me more than anything in the whole fight? The fact what? Don Fry was only 30 at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don Fry looked 52. He does, doesn't he? Like, that, the moustache ages you. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, it's mad. So, I'm going to put in, like, I'm, I'm going to be 30 in two months. I do not look as old as Don Fry. <laughs> I will never look as old as Don Fry. Yeah, I mean, then, you know, I could be sixty-five. He's taken as well, you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, my Don Fry, though, what a guy. Um, yeah. So <laughs> let's let's do what we normally do, and let's treat it like a normal a normal card, then, and let's let's try our best to break down the fights. Mightn't be as easy as some as the other cards, but let, let's do it anyway. Let's do our best. Go on, go yeah, for so it. So obviously, we know we know the finale, what the final was anyway, but we'll still break it down. So the first fight on the card was Don Fry and Mark Hall. Um, first fight was, was Don Fry. That was it. Like. Yeah, Don Fry and Mark Hall. Well, yeah, the first fight was Don Fry. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mark Hall threw a spin kick. That was it. it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was his offence. He literally um, couldn't do anything else. Like. No, Don Fry. You see, the problem is with Don Fry is he was too content, I thought, with being just in that, you know, dominant position. Yeah. And like, he, he just used too much energy. Like I think he needed hard, to... He? Yeah, he was just in that position for too long. And yet the body shots were brutal and he probably broke yeah. every one of his ribs. But he wasted too much energy by just being happy just laying into his body for, for yeah. 10 minutes um i think if he would have tried to you know pass his guard or something or get into just a better position start trying to hit him in the head it he wouldn't have spent 10 minutes in there yeah but you, you know i think that's like i think we, i don't know i don't know if he was greco roman but i think one of the tactics that they use is to sit in half guard and use ground the pants because mm. there's, there's not there's not obviously 
I, I don't know why it's preferred, but like a lot of them do it. was, you know, big for it, you know, getting in half guards, yeah. hammering down. And you notice know, that with Coleman as well, you know, so not, I don't know if it's like a, a wrestling thing, you know, to sit in half guard Maybe. and, you know, thingy down, but them, them punches, like, like he's seen his body after it, like all battered and everything. But um, what do you make of the stoppage? So in in today's MMA, would that be stopped? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think Me in neither. today's MMA, I don't think the fight's on the floor for as long as that. Um, it, it's not. It's not on the floor for as long as that. But I don't think just taking shots to the body. Uh, I don't think. Stopping it because he, he's still moving, you know, and trying to move position. But yeah, I think that the biggest thing is it won't be on the floor as as long. No, I think I think what hurt this format more than anything is the the no rounds format. Mm. Um, I think it probably, you know, if Don Fry has Hall on the floor for five minutes and then we finish the round and it goes into another round, Don Fry. Uh, Mark Hall changes his tactic completely. Yeah. With that second round, you know what I mean? It changes the fight having round. So um I think that did hurt it for some fighters. Um obviously, you know, there's there's some fights there that wouldn't have got out for the first round anyway. So yeah. But then there's others where it really would have benefited having rounds. Um the another difference that you wouldn't see now is basically that um the cornerman, like by right by the cage, you know, yeah. speaking to them. You know, you you still get that obviously sitting sitting cage side and thinking, but you know, I I think back then with that setting, that's all they had. So yeah. they had to throw out as much as he could, get right by the cage so he could hear them. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, like we say, with the way it was different with the prep before you get into the octagon, and as we say, there was not. Even now, yeah. you get you get the corner given the last instructions to them when they're getting the wrestling on and they're getting checked and all that. Yeah, yeah. So it loses that as well. So I think it's it's adapted in the the UFC is adapted in the correct way. I yeah. Think, is me take from it. Don't get me wrong, I think this was really fun to watch. It um, was. Yeah. I enjoyed it to be honest and with you. Especially I remember and you probably do yourself, remember when the first UFC game came out? Well the first proper there was there was UFC games before, UFC Undisputed. Um, it was like UFC twenty ten and that way, isn't it? I think. Yeah, but there was ones years ago on the PS1 and that. Oh, right. Because okay. I had one. And it was really weird. Um, the, like, the training on it, so you could get used to play the game. It was, yeah. It was all it was all voiced by John McCarthy and everything. Was it, yeah? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can't remember. It was, it was someone... I think it was Dan Seven. was, like, yeah. the main one that I knew on it. But, yeah, I had it years ago on PS1. Um, oh, right. Okay. I thought, like, like... UFC, UFC Undisputed, if you remember, had UFC 1 on it. Yeah. And, it, and did it have and then either had UFC two as well or it had the Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonafide. I'm pretty sure it's the Forrest Forrest Griffin one, I think. Yeah, but so I remember watching UFC one through the game. Yeah. Um, and that one was 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 brutal, like yeah, so brutal. Um, I mean, no, it's just that the, the setting itself is brutal. I mean, you've got to you're possibly fighting three times. In one night, yeah. I mean that itself was just brutal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when it comes to the last fight, because because Coleman had already just fought and he was coming right back out. 
Yeah. It's like that, that you know, that's why he, he was the way he was. Yeah. And that's why it's... No, I say, I think, I don't think that that gets stopped, as you say, in today's MMA. Um, no, never. Never know. So, after that, you had Brian Johnston and uh, Scott Fiedler. Um, now, special mention to Scott Fiedler. <laughs> For no other reason than he had the worst haircut on the planet in history ever. Thank you, um, you <laughs> It's like he lost a bet. Uh, so... Uh, for context, I'll try and explain it. He was completely bald, except for the back what of can head. only be described as a carpet sample on the back of his head. Yeah, it was, like, which what, was braided in the middle. Yeah, yeah. What's the It was it was atrocious. In fact, I'm going to post it on on Twitter just so people can see. It. Yeah, um, and it, when it, this it goes out, you'll, people will understand the picture. What yeah. I'll only put up today. It's going to be confusing, <laughs> but you'll understand it eventually. It was just horrendous. Not, That's no, the uh, biggest talking point of the night. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It was a shock because when he's on like his little pre pre fights, you know, interview, you mm. just see the front of him. So yeah, you can, he oh, yeah, he's, he's got a proper skinner. But then when he walks in to the cage, and the camera really changes, like he's just got this little. I'm not even gonna say little. This big pump of hair on the back of his head, with a little braided ponytail down it. It was, it was uh, just down awful. the centre, you know, it went like breathed all, all the way through, just one breathed yeah. ponytail thing. It's like, wow, like he just deserves some news for that. <laughs> yeah, like that, that um, the fight itself um, was was pretty good actually, yeah, considering it was a short one. Uh, two kickboxers um, thought feel like staffed well, mm. um, but. I think, well, Johnston just kind of turned it around and hit him with enough shots to, to finish it. Yeah. And I, apparently, I, according to Wikipedia, it went down as a, as a submission via punches. So. Yeah, I'd have, um, I'd put, even though I, I put it down as a TKO, because yeah. definitely it was in, in today's. Well, he, it he, was. He didn't actually tap, well, did he? That, that's what I, unless he's verbally submitted. Maybe. And we just, we it's just the only thing I'm thinking. It. Yeah. If but, he's verbally said, you know, fuck off. <laughs> to get me out of here. Get off me head. <laughs> yeah. Leave leave me a piece alone. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think with that one it come down to who had the better ground game because they were both kickboxers, you know, it turned turned into the ground game. It just it was just whoever had the better one and obviously Mark Johnston had the better ground game, the better punches. Um I think that was an all right stoppage. Brian Brian Johnston as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? Mark. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I don't know how that happens. Right, Brian Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that was a alright stoppage because he weren't defending himself. Yeah. No. So yeah, it was. That was. And I think he, when he stopped it, he kind of, he kind of looked pissed off, but not because it was stopped. Well, because it was stopped, but not not like pissed off at the referee, pissed off at himself. Yeah. Um, because I think the, com- the commentators were saying, like, you know, has it been stopped basically prematurely, you know, because he looked all right. But yeah. if, that, if that continued, he, he would have been knocked out, TKO'd. Yeah. I think that that's another thing I wanted to actually point out is a lot of the, a lot of John, Mac- a lot of Big John's decisions weren't very clear mm. on what was happening. So there'd be like ones he'd take them over to the corner. 
and he'd start yeah, yeah. wiping them down himself. And yeah. Like, well, is the fight over or is the ref? What what what's happening? Is the doctor coming in? And then either the doctor come in or then he take it back to the middle and put one of the hands up. Yeah. So it was a bit confusing in that respect. Um, I was weird that one. I was like, especially in the last fight, I thought, oh, okay. You know, he's won, but then he just wiped his face, got the doctor checking, and I'm like, yeah, go on. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was yeah, a bit it was mad. just a bit confusing, to say the least. Um, but yeah, Brian Johnston moved on to, to fight Don Fry in the semis. Um, after that, you had Mark Coleman's debut against uh, Moti Horenstein. So I say, as we said before, Moti Horenstein is the one who you could probably survival. say was, yeah, he was the survival guy. Yeah. He was the one you probably could say was the most like a mixed martial artist, just based yeah. on the way they described the survival. So maybe, I don't know, maybe he was what, you know, he was a glimpse into the future almost. Mm. Um, but I think the, the issue with him was is, is Mark Coleman was just too strong. He was too yeah. good of a wrestler. Definitely, um, definitely. I mean, his his discipline survival is what it turned into. He just had to try yeah. to survive and be down and, by and Mark Coleman. He did and, not. Like, and that's, I, I don't know if it's the first time I've seen that, but he literally covered his face. Mm, yeah, like, like, as he if he was like, playing Pikachu. Yeah, like like <laughs> exactly like he was playing Pikachu. Like, oh come on, hit me, you know. Yeah, it was like. I can't even recall if I've ever seen that, but... No, but I suppose it's one way of... Again, they put that down as a, as a submission, so maybe that maybe they take that as a sort of... as a visual submission, almost. And, and this is... Because as soon as, like you said, as soon as you cover your face like that, you're not trying to defend yourself, you're saying yeah. stop. So yeah, I, yeah. I get that one. I kind of understand that one a bit more than the Johnston and, and the hairpiece guy. Feel. Yeah. Um, but that... that that's the thing like we we don't know like what would be classed as a submission back then you know obviously yeah the Hardenstein one it's it's visually correct is he's submitting because he's not fighting back he's you know visually holding his hands up but with the uh feedler i think uh feedler like we didn't really see a tap i don't recall seeing a tap and i didn't hear any verbal submission so no i mean i don't know or or what whatever you've got the results on they might have just put them down a bit different you know possibly yeah um as i say didn't see anything in the johnston one but again the horn steam one coleman it kind of did make a bit more sense yeah um but uh, i was i was looking forward to seeing the horn steam with just to, i wanted to get an idea of what survival actually meant yeah, um, yeah, and he kind of didn't. Mark Coleman, I say, he was just too strong. He was too good of a wrestler. Um, Hardenstein didn't really get a chance to put any offense in. Oh, um, you, you didn't really see anything from it. You know, Coleman's primary thing was take him down. You know, so yeah. As soon as he got the chance, he did, and I don't think Hardenstein even changed position or anything. Did he? Just Not really stayed not. on him. Yeah. Um, so the last quarter final was Gary Goodridge and uh, John Camp uh, Campatella. Campatella, yeah. Uh, Campatella, I could tell straight away he had little man syndrome. <laughs> um, walking out like he had two two tellies on the round. Don't get me wrong, he was really he was in shape, like, but like he was he was an odd person, like this martial artist. But then 
by day biology teacher. Um, what really teacher? Weird. He was a biology teacher. Biology teacher. Okay. So yeah. or, or I think he said biology teacher anyway. But imagine, imagine that. Like, imagine he got his face punched in, and he just goes into work the following day. Like, what have you been doing at the weekend? Just, just participate, participating in the in yeah. UFC. But no, um, <laughs> that was yeah. Um, he deserved it, Gary Goodridge. To be fair, he again he kind of used his height well, um, yeah. the height advantage. He was quite aggressive. Yeah, used his weight advantage well. Yeah. Um, he did look quite strong. I can't tell. I know for the size. I know the in his that, that was quite funny with the, like the tail of the tapes and all that when he said the strengths and um with Campitella it was real enough and then said is very strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um that's, I really didn't know too much about him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I say you could tell no, you could tell he had some strength about him, but I think it was just too much with Goodridge. Um, was, was it that fight that he'd done like the I think what would they call it, the the fireman? Throw or the fireman? I think you might, yeah, I think so. I, I'm pretty sure Campitella got that, but Goodridge kind of spun out of it, and that's when yeah. he uh, What I did notice, um, to be honest, in most fights is a lot of what they were trying to do outside of like the takedowns and stuff, it was very sloppy. Mm. Yeah, I think outside of the takedowns, the majority of it was, was sloppy. Um, Something like I said about Coleman and just having like one hook in, like you'd never see that kind of sloppiness today. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Goodridge, he's he's done good. He's got Capitel down, you know. He's kept him there. Capitel couldn't really do much because he was just very Goodridge is just too good for him. Yeah, um, yeah. No, he was just too good. Um, he looked upset that it got stopped. Yeah. In fairness, but actually, I I don't disagree with the stoppage in that one. In fairness. Yeah. Um. So on moving on to the semi final. So again, we had Don Fry and Brian Johnson. Um. Yeah. I think th- this one went about I think about seven minutes. It, it's weird because the no no four minutes thirty uh, thirty seven. I think I'm, I'm getting mixed up with the other semi-final. I think that yeah, was, that went that went seven minutes. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, th- th- this one, um, he tapped, didn't he? But like, mm. what was he tapping from? I mean, <laughs> according to this, it says submission elbow. Um, so I'm not sure if he actually had had a submission in or or what. It didn't really look that way to me. Probably didn't to you, but I mean, I, I think it was mostly because the cut they, they seemed a bit a mm. bit like into two minds about like when cuts happen because yeah, as soon as it happens, like, that's what I, I don't know. I that's what I was thinking. I was thinking as he tapped because he's cut there, that 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 was my thought, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. great. That was fairness. Um, I mean, it no, with the blood spatter, it looked a lot worse. It looked like it was actually mm. like a lot of forehead. But when they wipe yeah. it, look like a little dot on his head. <laughs> yeah. Like, like these days, people like you get laughed at for tapping for yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? So it's it's just mad even seeing things. I think maybe the difference is back then is as we say because there was no rounds mm. and the cut man he kind of comes in goes yeah you're alright. <laughs> yeah. 
doesn't the really field. do much. Just whereas, at least, you know, nowadays, if you get caught, you think to yourself, right, make it out of the round, and then mm. I've got a minute of getting looked at. Yeah. So, it's obvious, maybe it's that, you know, maybe there's more lasting damage. I mean, that, that's a plastic yeah. surgeon there, for God's sake. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. It was like, plastic surgeon, it's like, is he going to make an operation? <laughs> yeah, in the middle. <laughs> Oh, imagine they had one there for Rich Franklin against Silva. <laughs> You'd be shocked. Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah. yeah, so it, it was a strange one. I don't know if, as I say, maybe they thought there was going to be more lasting damage from a cut mm. if if they never give up because there's no, you know, there's no real advantage of a cut man there. Um, but I don't know. It was a, it was a strange one. But I say it was a really good elbow from Fry. Yeah, um, caught and flush. Um, yeah, it was fun to see, kind of thing. Um, so, obviously, we know the winner of the next one, but it was Mark Coleman and Gary Goodridge was the other semi final. Um, what was strange about this? This was a weird one. Like, you could tell Gary Goodridge had the, a bit of a strength advantage, power advantage over him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but Coleman done well to get him down still. It was just really bizarre when he had hold of the cage mm. or the octagon, whatever. Yeah, and, and he was. was... Circling around it, like to get to that, his corner. That was yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, it was odd. That's what I meant. Like when the corner was standing right by the cage, and I was speaking mm. to him, and he's getting up cutters and not yeah. to get him back, and then he just circled all the way round to get to yeah. his corner. Why didn't he but go the other way? What that did show, I know, strange. <laughs> um, what 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 that did show for me though is how good Coleman's wrestling actually was. Yeah. So there was a bit where they were on the cage and. Uh, Goodridge managed to turn round to face him and then got yeah. Coleman on the cage himself. Yeah, yeah. And then within about 30 seconds, Coleman managed to, to slip out and add it back the way it was. It was really yeah. good. But, it was. Um, um, quick question. Uh, How many do you think were on the uh, produced steroids? Um, Campatella, yeah. Goodridge, probably. Coleman, yeah. Fry, probably. Um, <laughs> Most of them, in all honesty, yeah. um, it probably wasn't. You know, back then it probably wasn't as regulated. Um, regulated, yeah. You know, well, it it wasn't. We know that. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at look at you know look at pre sort of drug testing Vedum, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a monster, and then same with Overeem. Look at the size of Overeem before he come to the USA. Ready, got the proper testing, and yeah. then, <laughs> like. Oh, he's hard, I've just, he's I've just been done. <laughs> yeah, decided to go down to welterweight. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. we we know that he never used to do it in the UFC, and he, he obviously took it. Just, I, I'd be surprised if there wasn't. A, it would it would honestly be a surprise if if to find out that there wasn't a fight there. John McCarthy, uh, he's on it, even probably on it. it. Yeah, he was. That's where he got the name from. <laughs> no, you could tell because he he was. He was angry. <laughs> he was angry for one, but he was a really like. He, he wasn't like a. I don't know how to really explain, but he, he, he didn't look anatom- anatomically correct. Like his shoulders were like massive, but then yeah. he, he kind of slimmed down as he got to the chest and then come out a bit more as he. Yeah. He was just all over the place. He was, he was a weird shaped dude. Um, yeah, I'd I say you're probably all on it back then. Yeah, um, I just wanted to ask that as <laughs> think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with the fight, I mean as soon as Coleman got them double boxing, 
mm. Gary Goodrich decided that's all he wanted to see yeah. the platinum yeah, yeah, That's it. Um, Again, but... you get laughed at now if he if you'd submitted just because he had your flat on your on your front. Yeah. But I don't know. Don't know what and the decision making was. No, what's mad? I might be wrong about this, um, but I'm sure Gary Goodrich has like brain issues and that now. I mean. And you, you can check it, I'm sure he has. Yeah. He's got kind of traumatic uh, encephalopathy. I don't know what to say. Encephalopathy. That sounds like um, a It's a neurodegenerative disease which causes severe and irreparable brain damage as a result of repeated head injuries. Um, yeah. And I mean, it was mad seeing when Coleman was hitting him, you know, from the arm with the upcuts. There was one point where Goodridge literally shook his head, you know, yeah. like he was trying to shake them off or something. You know, it, yeah. it kind of reminded me of um, Gaethje and Ferguson, you know, when when Gaethje caught him with so many that Ferguson started shaking his head. It's like, yeah. just, you know what I mean? So maybe that might be another reason why he eventually tapped because he maybe took a lot of shots as well. Yeah, I mean, Again, generates a lot of power from that upper cut as well. Yeah, I mean, especially Mark Coleman, like, yeah, he was always a big guy, was always funny. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So. but again, some of the different rules, uh, from back then to now, you know, hooking on, holding onto the cage with your feet mm. or your hands, he didn't seem to be bothered by, which yeah. can't do now. Um, wasn't mm. many of them, but there was definitely shots to the head, back of the head. Yeah, when um, you had knees on the ground, and knees yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Um, although not many of them on that card. I know. I mean, you yeah. got a few, but which like, surprised me. I think you had Coleman and Fry. I think Coleman yeah. got him in one when he was against Cage, but it yeah. was mostly um, from side control and the other yeah, yeah. in the end. Um, obviously, like wearing shoes and knee pads and stuff like that looked yeah looked odd. Um, but again, there was you know like fighters wearing geese and stuff like that. Like Goodridge had a gear on, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. With a sleeve rolled up, which was odd because having a sleeve rolled down benefits him as a fighter. You, you would have thought anyway. Sometimes, because uh, if if like someone's experienced, you know that the gi can be um, your friend and your enemy. You can really use the gi against someone. You know, you mm. can grab like the collar and pull it. You know, and get them in a, a choke basically. So yeah. But and you can do the same with the sleeve if someone's experienced. You can hold on to his sleeves and you yeah. know rotate them and you know what I mean. So I mean that's probably one reason that he's done it because when he's probably training it, people are experienced and know this thing, you know. And so he might have just went in as like a habit of putting them on. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Um. No. But yeah, good. Well, I'd say good stop. What do you mean? Coleman was all over and for the most part I just think yeah. how it actually finished was odd. Um it was. I right. say it was different back then, so I accept it. <laughs> yeah. It was literally just so, one tap on the ground when it seems he was Um so our final obviously we know was Don Fry and Mark Coleman. Um both men visibly exhausted. Yeah. Fatigued. Very exhausted. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I think this is why they probably ended up getting rid of the tournament, you know, sort of set up because 
you want to see fighters at the best, mm. and yet you've already got to see them at the best in the very first round. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to see Don Fry and Mark Coleman fight back then, when they were both in the prime, you don't want to see it when they both already fought twice and they're both half dead. You want I to see them, you want to see it when they're fresh and they've had time to prepare for each other properly and stuff like that. That's what you want to see. So it's like now, you don't want to see, um, what's the fight? What's the two fights I can go to, for instance? You don't want to see Israel at the time you fight Robert Whitaker after they both fought two or three times on yeah, yeah. that same night. Yeah. Because it's not going to be a good fight between the two that you want to see. And as I said, that's probably why one reason anyway why you've got rid of the whole um, tournament sort of setup. Yeah, of course, it's 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 a lot in it, you know. I mean, you know yourself when you feel some sort of exhaustion, it's like it's trying to push yourself past it. You know what I mean? So yeah, well, yeah, you look at you look at the difference here, though. You look at the difference, right? So Don Fry was in fight was in a fight for a total of ten. 14, 25 minutes, give or take, 25, 26 minutes. Oh, five rounds. So he's done, five he's done a five round. Yeah. yeah, he's done a five round fight. Mark Coleman was only in there for two, nine, um, 20. Okay. But he's done a round less, Mark Coleman, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's a disadvantage for Fry straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously you don't take that into account because when you're looking at it as a as a whole, the tournament setting, you're not thinking, well, yeah, yeah, of so many things here. And, you know, yeah, I think that's one reason why they've introduced rounds, so they have that need that, you know, yeah. they, you see there's a lot of reasons why they've changed a lot of the stuff. Um, and you see, like, there is some there is some promotions who still do tournament settings. Now Bellator do it like they do Grand Prix tournaments and yeah. stuff like that. But they don't have all the fights on the same night. Do you, do you still do it Red in the same? You do it in today's format with a tournament. So you have a fight, you recover, you prepare for your next fight kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, if you want to do a tournament, yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, it prolongs it if you're looking for if the division needs a champion or something like that. But you've, you know, now especially you've obviously got the welfare of the fighters more in mind than you yeah. did back then. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense, you know, the winner got 50 grand for that event. Mark Coleman got 50 grand. Was it 50 or 15? It sounded like 50 to me. I was like, um, I, I picked up 15. It was really it's like 15 and, you know, you get the, the title. Um, but yeah, like, you could see they were just both exhausted. I mean, it got stood at once. So, uh, McCarthy could like wipe him down and that. And yeah. <clears throat> Basically, shout at him say you need to do something, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then you see him when he restarted again, he was just standing there and just trying to get the breath back. There was a point when they were like down, holding the knees, you know, bent over, physically exhausted. Um, but like that was like a TKO due to the damage, I think, because that's where he ends up stopping over when he had the he had the mouse under his eyes and now he's cut on his forehead, mm. you know. But like. So that title, like, obviously you got like fifteen or fifty thousand. I'm gonna say fifteen. I feel like it's fifteen. It might might be fifty, but you know you got that back then. Now and like, I think the ultimate fighter you get what what is it? Like a six figure contract in it, or at least that's what it used to be at the start. Um, but how much do you think that title will go for now? Since now, how far UFC has come? 
how much do you think those original titles will go for? Um, I mean, priceless. Um, you know, to, to a big time collector, especially, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be like gold. Um, <laughs> so let's see, I'm just trying to, yeah, no, I think they'd be ridiculous. Um, how much? No. And I wouldn't even know where to begin to look for one. because uh, it still had like that old UFC logo with yeah, the sort the, of the pair somebody. Yeah, yeah. He's holding he's holding lightning strikes or something, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. He actually brought it back, didn't he, when the UFC had it's like twenty five year anniversary or something. Yeah. Um which was a nice little touch. Really? It was a good logo to be fair, like stood uh, out. Yeah. And this is the thing, so you know you were to try and look to find one, would you actually find it? Because that's that's monumental, and you've won like the first couple of UFCs. You've won the title of that. It's gonna keep yeah. it hand down, family, family. You know, something but, to show the next generation of kids yeah. and that. And then that's it. I mean, these you know the fighters we win them. They're not gonna be. They're not gonna be selling them. You know what I mean? Unless they, they fall on hard times, kind of thing. I, um, I think even if the they go broke, that's something you wouldn't sell. I mean, oh yeah. I think it'll hold too much sentimental value for them. You know. And, and again, it is something to show the next generation of kids. Like, oh, see the UFC now, see how big it is. Well, I won like one of the first ones of them ever. You know, I mean, it's it's a big uh, feat. Yeah. Like back then, when it was thinking, you know, it probably weren't much. You know, now it's it'd be again monumental. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was actually a good, good fight card. I mean, there, there was a lot to speak about. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was mad just watching yeah. it. Yeah, you know? it was just it was just different, wasn't it? You know, it was. We're not used to you're not used to watching a card like that was. So it didn't feel like anything. Even though it was UFC, it didn't feel like anything you've ever seen before. Yeah, and is the anything that you'd seen? that you would like to see again today or do you think they've like adapted correctly and is there like anything from UFC 10 that you would have liked to have seen today in today's MMA Um, it's, it's hard to say I don't see I think yeah it, it's a tough one I mean there's so much different with the way it is now, and as as we said, the way it was back then, I think. For, I think a lot of it is kind of outdated now from UFC Ten. I don't yeah. think much of it from UFC Ten would fit in with how the UFC does it today. Yeah. Um, so to be honest, I, I think the answer to that question, as much as it did endure UFC Ten, would probably be no. I think there's nothing really to take from it that I would like to see today in the UFC um, as I say I just think it's all a little bit out- outdated now the format's a little outdated um, again I think that's because we're so used to the, the rules how they are now it just feels um, like the, the knees almost. on the floor yeah like the knees to the head on the floor seem unnecessary yeah like the whole wearing the shoes and knee pads and that feels unnecessary Um 
Okay. And we're not, not, we're not about things that are unnecessary here. Yeah. All about things that are super necessary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, what about... You mentioned John McCarthy done basically every fight. Yeah. Would that be something you'd like to see, say, for, for instance, an experienced one like Herb Dean? Obviously, you need to... Out nowadays, you know, you need to give refs the chance and that, but if you had the option to have Herb Dean do every fight, would you? No. No? Okay. No, because, and for the simple fact is, and you've seen it more over the years, um, referees can make a mistake. And if a referee makes a mistake, say, so say there's six fights on a card, say the referee makes a mistake in the third fight, mm. how can you then trust them for them for the following, for the next three fights? Yeah. Um, they need, they, I think it's good now, the referees are time to reflect on their decision, how they've managed it. They, you know, don't forget, well, I would imagine the referees will go back and watch their own performance the way a fighter would watch go back yeah. and watch the fight because they want to know, they need to know was that a good stoppage or was that a bad stoppage? Should yeah, I have yeah. gone in there five seconds earlier? Should I have let it go ten seconds longer? Things like that. So the referees need time to evaluate their own performances and I think by just by doing that the, by splitting it up with it, they have that chance. Like Imagine you're like Steve Mazzagatti doing every fight Ooh. People that, would that, die. Don't put that Everyone image, would be dead. In my head, don't. <laughs> Everyone would be dead. No one would be alive, honestly. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I, I, I prefer the whole, you know, having three, two or three refs for the card. I think it gives the, the refs time to, you know, especially like, um, you know, I don't know, if, if a bad injury happens or something, that mm. can like shake, you know, that can shake the refs. Yeah. It shakes the fighters, but it'll shake the ref as well. You don't want them being all shaken and, and sort of wary going mm, into sure. a, a fight straight after that because they could make a bad decision based on that. Yeah, and that's it's one thing you don't think of with refs. Say, like, for instance, with UFC 10, McCarthy was doing all of them. With your ref, you, you, you've got to have your, your eye and you, you've got to have a clear mind like, all the way through. You've got to be yeah. checking so many different things. You know, you've got to be moving about a lot. You know, and I mean, that's something I didn't take into account when I asked questions, to be honest with you. So you've got to be, be there, you know, yeah. mentally focusing on the fight and making sure you catch the right things. And, you know, yeah. especially nowadays when there's more rules around it, back then it was just like, you know, well, they're going to fight. I'm just going to make sure the fight's all right. But even he was saying um, to the corner, watch your fighter, you know, if, if you don't feel confident throwing the towel. Yeah. You know, so like, I think that's the one thing that they prefer just to, to put it out there with the refs is they were more open with the discussions they were having with the fighters and with the corners and stuff like that. I thought they were more open in their discussions with them. And yeah, the referee weren't afraid to say how it was to the corners and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> just going away from that point, a, a bit it's just around me. I did notice there was a part in one fight where. I can't remember what one it was, and then um, I think it was the Don Fry Mark Hall fight, and then um, Fry was telling him to quit. Oh yeah, you need to quit, man. You need to quit, man. I can't. Was like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was interesting. It was interesting to hear that. Uh, yeah, you um, can properly hear it when, and that's the mad things because they went a lot in the crowd. So, <laughs> to be honest, you know when you said the four thousand three hundred with seats in between. Yeah. 
my brain just automatically assumed we're socially distancing. Yeah, that's one <laughs> thing. Like, oh, COVID struck early on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 my thing for everything, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> but to be honest with you, if there's one thing I would bring more into it, um, like you said, having them open discussions with the corner, but also mm. the corner being able to like, obviously they're allowed, but I'd like to see more corners throw the towel in when the fight is in in jeopardy. You know, yeah. a bigger example is you know to share and snip. You know what I mean. That's that's a fight where the corner could have threw the towel in, but I don't know. Like you see it a lot more in boxing, but it's it's almost like it's non-existent in UFC. It's non-existent in MMA. MMA. It's yeah. like you know what I mean. I'd like to see that more. You know, if we're talking about the welfare of the fighters, then the corner should have that as well. You know, throwing the towel in is not a bad thing. It's just, I mean, the fighter might, you know argue against it like he was alright yeah. but you know it's it's the ref job to watch you know the fighters but it's also the, the corners to make sure that yeah. their fighters are alright you know that's it everything that the ref and the corners do is to protect the welfare of the fighters Um it's you know the only person the only people in there in that game whose job it is is to not protect the, the, the welfare of the other fighter is the person that's fighting yeah, yeah. They, they don't have to care about they, do have, they don't have to care about the other fighters welfare until the fight's over. While yeah. they're fighting, it's not their job to care. Yeah, you, you've got and It's it. the same, to be fair, it's the same with themselves. Like, in a way, I don't think it's the the fighter shouldn't have to worry about, you know, if, if a fighter's taking continuing body shots, it should be the corner's job to go. That's why the, you know, that's why the rounds are good, because the corner can go, you're taking too many body shots, you need to cover up. Yeah, That's yeah. what they're there for. It's, it, the fighter's job is to go in and try and win. And that's all that they should be thinking of until the until the corner tells them something different. And yeah, yeah. that that might be you know, that might not be an opinion many people agree with, but that's the that's the way I see it. A fighter needs a clear head going into the fight at least until the corner, until they get back to the corner and you say like you know, um check check the leg kicks or protect your protect your body a bit more, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's different than it is being in the fight, you know, and then you know, people from the outside, the cornermen, the, the ref, the fans, you know, they might be able to see things that the fighters can't see because they're in the yeah. middle. And that's why it's basically essential for them, them few minutes on the stool to say, listen, this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you need to do to correct it. But again, I think just even when it's mid-fight, just to have, have a cornerman throw in, in like a towel if, if the the refs, uh, yeah. sorry, the ref, the fight is getting absolutely beaten up. Then, yeah, you know, I do. I, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to see that more. If that's one thing we can take from it and put into yeah. now. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be a bad show to be fair. Um, let, let's move on. We've we've talked about UFC ten for for quite a bit there. Um, yeah. And as I say, we just wanted to do something a little bit different for for our tenth episode. It's uh, Bit of a milestone, obviously, for us, so we just wanted to mix it up a little bit. Going a slightly yeah, different, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, you know, you know, let's hope we can do the same when we get to our hundredth episode and we'll look back at UFC 100. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that'd be good. I mean, it might be something we do more if you know people like looking back at past events and you know, 
it's you know much has changed and yeah know. just just mixing it up a bit doesn't yeah, it just uh keeping it fresh different. keep it exactly you took keep the word out of your mouth <laughs> um so what what are main news have we got this week thank you and what 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 is the first of well, go over there's been a bunch of news from you know this week you know there's been a bunch of news since our last episode as well so obviously we've got some fight announcements uh, McGregor and Justin Poirier is finally confirmed after a lot of confusion that they will fight January 23rd uh, how do you see that fight going? Um, honestly it could go either way if Dustin's smart um, utilises his ground game and stuff like that don't mm. see McGregor standing a chance really we know McGregor's not great when it comes to on the ground um, so if Dustin can utilise that well um, should be comfortable but at the same time if McGregor's smart and doesn't let him utilise it you don't really see a way Dustin wins it Yeah. so yeah. again it just depends on for me who, who the smarter fighter is um, yeah. on the night and I mean they've evolved so much since the first fight you know when was the first fight 2014 mm. I think you know, oh yeah, they're both on another, they're both on another sort of stratosphere. You know, yeah, you know I mean, they've got Connor, a lot better. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've they've got better fight IQs now. They've got better skill sets. Um, you know, Connor is is a mainstream superstar now. Yeah. Um, you know, and Dustin is is improved so much in in them six years. Like, I think he's probably got to a level many people were not sure if he'd ever get to at the minute. Yeah. Um, so it makes it makes for an interesting fight. It makes for a good fight. I say for me, it'll boil down to whoever's the smarter fighter on the night. So if you actually make a prediction, like give a result, um, I'd probably I'm swaying towards Connor to be honest. Yeah. Um, to be honest, with you, I I think a lot of people think that. I mean, it does come down to Dustin can fight smart, you know, because. A big thing of McGregor is he's accurate. He'll yeah, very shots and he'll, he'll very precise. So Dustin's got to be smart. He's got to use his head movements. He's got great mm. boxing himself. Um, so I mean, if he's going to stand up with him, he's just got to be be smart on the move. You know, don't don't let really stand still. And yeah. I think the good thing about Dustin is he he doesn't get too emotionally involved in no. you know. So he's not going in with it with emotion say for example like Aldo and McGregor you know mm. I think the thing is you know the, the initial thing with this fight it was, it was it was supposed to be for charity wasn't it and yeah it's going to be an exhibition and stuff like that so McGregor, yeah McGregor isn't wanna I'd, well, I'd like to think McGregor isn't going to go in there and start trash talking and stuff because it, it, it's not it's not a fight that has that feel mm. of it it's a fight yeah. between two people who genuinely seem to respect each other and are doing it for a good cause and hopefully I, I think we do still do still, something for his charity from it I think they're still donating money I think McGregor said he's still donating money even though it's taking oh, place in the UFC and it's not for the actual uh, charity he's still yeah. going to put money into Dustin's charity um, that's all I mean that's all they need to do you know do what Khabib don't get you know get a get whatever whatever shirt McGregor walks out in Mm. Or whatever, get McGregor and his team, get McGregor and Dustin to both sign it even. Yeah, yeah. And get like get maybe get Dana to sign it or something like that. 
and then if yeah. McGregor puts that up for auction, that'll get in, you know, that could raise the thousands easily, yeah. just because it's McGregor. Um, yeah, definitely. Even if they do it like that, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, McGregor could donate hundreds of thousands out of his own pockets if he wanted to, but he doesn't have to. Yeah, um, true. I, true. I say, when it comes to stuff like that, he does seem like he's, a, he's an alright guy. Yeah. Fairness, McGregor, when it's stuff like that. Um, but, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, I'd say, largely I see, I see McGregor getting the win there. But yeah. Obviously, I'd prefer Dustin to get the win. Okay. That's so, head saying McGregor, heart saying Dustin. Yeah, that's a good take. So, um, there was another lightweight bout uh, scheduled for I think it's 256. It is the return of uh, Tony Ferguson and he's taking on Charles Oliveira. Now I think this oh, is yeah. the right matchup to me. If I agree. Personally. Tony Ferguson versus Brazilian Tony Ferguson. Um, <laughs> they ha- I, you know, I didn't realise how much they look like each other until I yeah. see them side by side. <laughs> I was shocked. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Correct fight to me. Um, you know, Tony coming off the loss to uh, to Justin, yeah. which was surprising at the time. And Charles has been on a good, good streak. What did you say? Seven fight win streak. Seven, um, seven win streak. And obviously with Fergus, and he was on a 12 win streak before mm. Gaethje, but obviously people argue that there was a lot of sort of change, you know, around that one. He was fighting Habib. Obviously, you know, he's a wrestler. And then, you know, because of COVID and everything, Habib couldn't come over. Mm. So Gaethje come in and He's, you know, he likes his hands. But um, this is a good, good matchup as well, I think. Uh, Oliveira seems to be like the dark horse of the division. A lot of people have overlooked him, I think, especially in terms of being deserving of the title. And he's got a, a great opportunity here with Ferguson. I think Ferguson's ranked third in the, uh, in the division. Oliveira's sixth or seventh. And I'm really excited for this fight. And I think it's going to be a really good one. Um, so let me ask you then: with them two fights, do you then do you see that as being the winner of them two? Then goes on to fight for the belt. If mm. if I suppose at the minute it is an if with Khabib, if he doesn't come back. Um, yeah, but I don't think he's going to come back. You know, obviously. Another talking point is, you know, Habib going to have a talk with Dana, but we don't know what's going to happen with that. Mm. But I don't know, there's still other fights in the division to make. I mean, obviously, do you want to bring Chandler in? You know, do you want to give him a big fight? I mean, a lot of the other fights are booked, especially in the top five. The only one that's really standing is Gaethje. You know, Dustin and McGregor's fighting Tony and Oliveira, you know, Habib's still got the belt, you know, still in testing pool, but there's a lot of uncertainty with it, so obviously the, the other fights I make will be Chandler and Gaethje, because yeah. that's what they want to do. And then, I, I don't know, it, it's still then, like, the division's still wide open, because then you can match them up, you know, but it, it'll probably end up being, like, it probably be these two. Right, McGregor, Poirier, Figs and Oliveira. The winner fights the winner and then, you know, yeah. the title kind of thing. Um, 
yeah. I'll just see the fight going. Oliver and Bergson. Mm. I don't. I mean, Oliver obviously is go to his his jiu-jitsu. He's, he's brilliant with his submissions. He's a he has improved on on his stand up. And I you know Ferguson's just a warrior. Um, he, he's good all round as well. But I I, I want to go with, with Oliveira. But I think after the loss to Gaethje, I think Ferguson's just going to come back a different animal. Yeah. Um, I honestly believe that, and I think Ferguson's going to get the decision. Um, if I say it, it's hard because like both of them, you know, both yeah. good fighters. Yeah, I'll probably go Ferguson. I just think he's, as I say, he's going to be completely different when he comes back. Being on that streak and then, you know, getting beat, I think it's just going to light a different kind of fire under him, basically. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, to go what I said before, so two things with Habib. He, as I said, he's going to be having a chat with Dana. Um, But also recently, he's just bought a. MMA promotion for a million so it's that's like you know two kind of things like well he's going to speak to Dana but he's also got this promotion so it's like I think he said after the fight somewhere in Russia that he had planned somewhere else to get money you know and if he builds this this um, organisation up with Dagestani fighters you know finding new Dagestani fighters uh, it could be big and that's where he could get his money so is he going to Dana to say Listen, I'm sticking to my words. Get these on I fight pass. Fight <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. this on fight pass. I know. I mean, let's be honest, I think from what can be brought to the UFC, it makes sense. If if Dana thinks he can find the next Khabib from the promotion that he's bought, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good decision for for Khabib and all honesty. I think it's, it's the right move because it allows him to, you know, he can stick to his training and, you know, he might not be involved in the matchmaking, but if he can train people and mm. know that he's going to get them in a, in a promotion straight away because he owns it, yeah. then it makes sense. Um, so I think it's good. And it's only going to benefit the promotion as well by having Khabib's name linked to it. Um, you know, it's the same with, with... Well, it's the same with anyone, any big fighter. If they go to another... If they just uh, a guest at another promotions event or something like when McGregor... Yeah. Went to that Bellator event because he was a in the corner of another fighter or something. Yeah. Um. You know, there's a there's a there's a gym in Iceland. Um. Called, I think it was was it Mjolnir? Yeah, I think it was like Mjolnir or something. Yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor changed there from time to time. Um, okay. So the reason I know about them is I when I was in uni, I think I mentioned this on a on a previous episode. Um, we done a story about MMA. Yeah. And we managed to go to an MMA event as press. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had an Icelandic fighter on there called, uh, what was it, Bjarki? I can't remember his name. It was Bjarki something anyway. Yeah. And um, Bunnar Nelson was there on the night supporting him because he, he trains there. Okay. Um, but McGregor trains there sometimes as well. Yeah. So I don't know if it's something to do with like cold weather training or something like that. Um, conditioning and that. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, he trains there. So, but. That's the thing because McGregor changed there, and again, again, like Cosplay Nelson was there as well, and I now know about that gym, and yeah. so that that's what it does. It just makes you go, oh, I didn't know that they 
done that there or just there. Let's have a look at this and then yeah. you kind of get an idea of, of them now at the same time. So mm. it's it's only going to be full to that promotion, I think. Yeah, so do you think Habib's gone to Dana then gone to Dana then to say, I'm retiring, I want to focus on this, or do you think he's gone and he's gonna hear Dana out what he's got to offer them? I think he'll hear Dana out. I think he's got too much respect for Dana not to hear him out. Yeah. Um at the same time, I think I hope he does stay retired. Um I think we've he's he's done everything he can do in the UFC. Doesn't have to prove anything to anyone anymore. Yeah. Um and hopefully if he stays retired again, I think Dana's got enough respect for him that he will respect that decision. So um I'd like to think it may maybe the conversation is gonna be about this promotion. Mm. But who knows? Only time will tell. I mean, I, I think a lot of people will I think he, he, he is going to come back because it was his uh, dad's dream that he fight JSP. Um, so I think yeah, that's why a lot said, of you know. uh, yeah, are holding out that he will come back for the first, you know, and have it against JSP. But I don't know. I I, I don't think that happens though because I can't see JSP come down to lightweight, you know. Mm. The only way you make that happen is if you do it at a catchweight. You know, yeah. I I don't see it happen any other way. No, me neither. So, yeah, but the a few other things. Um, so just to go to a few other fights. So, uh, in Ghana, he is getting very tired of being an actor, and he is <laughs> and he is uh, showed interest, shall we say, in Rumble Johnson. Oh, ah, imagine them too. Like when, when, imagine they punched each other at the same time. The whole world's gonna blow up. Yeah, it's just gonna, you know what it'd be like. Um, you know the start of Rocky Four when it's just got the Russian glove and the American glove and they collide and explode. Oh, That's yeah. what it'll be like. <laughs> yeah, and that that that'd be a good fight, especially for Rumble comeback. Um, but do, do you think it happens? Do you think Rumble gets? Essentially, the number one contender in in Ngannou. Um, I don't think it, it should. I, I don't want to see Rumble a heavyweight. I, I'd rather see Rumble a light heavyweight mm. or possibly even middleweight. Yeah, um, you know, I think a heavyweight. Yeah, he's still going to knock people out of heavyweight, probably quite easily. But I think. At light heavy or middleweight, he's a killer. Oh yeah, I think but I think light, light, light I think, heavy definitely. I think light heavy is his game all day long. Yeah, um, especially now there's no Jones, there's no DC. Mm. He could go and clean that division up quite easily, yeah. and yeah. he and he could get the belt that he, he, you know, that he's always wanted. Yeah, um, I I think light heavy is where where he lives. In it, my opinion. It's the smart smartest thing for him to do. Um, I, I think. I mean. Obviously, Rumble could challenge Ngannou in terms in terms of power, but I just I don't think that fight's happening. I just think he's showing interest because he's like another power puncher essentially. Um, he's probably he's a, good, seeing, he's a good name as well, though. That's yeah, the thing. and he's um, probably not seeing many you no. know heavy hitters in heavyweight. I think Ngannou's probably thinking, looking at it like, does does nobody want to fight me? At least yeah. two, maybe that's the way he's looking at it. Maybe he thinks people are too too afraid to fight him because you know don't get too close or lights out. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Again, it's one of them. It, it, it's one certainly one to look out for. I suppose it's one to keep your eye on. Um, yeah. Personally, I'd rather not see that quite happen. I agree. Yeah, I'd rather see Rumble at Light Heavy. Um, are we going to the next one? Uh, Chaos Williams, who won, I think, in the last event, or the one previous, with a lovely mm-hmm. knockout. Um, I believe he's now fighting uh, Michelle Pereira, um, which is a, a very interesting matchup. Um, obviously, Pereira's got, got his power, but he's very uh, unorthodox in his approach, and he's, you know, the flips, the, you know, a lot of the stuff that he does in the cage is quite uh, different, shall we say. Mm. Um, and it's, it'd be interesting to see how chaos comes against that, how he handles it. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest, I don't know a great deal about about them two fighters. I haven't seen them a great deal to to really form an opinion. Well, but how do you think that one goes? Well, Mikhail Pereira, I don't even remember the, um I can't remember if the fellow was Russian, but he's basically the one who pretended to spit on his hand and went, I'm going to slap you. And he ended up slapping him and catching him <laughs> flush. It's that kind of stuff that he does. Um, with this one, I, I don't know. As I say, I think it'll be interesting to see how Chaos Williams approaches it with, you know, Pereira being kind of in and out, moving often, you know, from different kind of strikes. I don't know. I'm going to go with Pereira. Uh, I think. Mm, um, Maybe it might take him down, you know, it depends what he thinks of Chaos's power, but I, I still think Pereira gets the win. Um, so, what else we got? Uh, so, two more. Um, obviously, Valentina Shevchenko won her last fight uh, against Jennifer Meyer. Um, who do you think her next opponent will be? Uh, Dana has shown big interest in Jessica Andrade uh, with a last win over Caitlin Chukagan. Um Do you think they make that fight happen or do you think they look on making like, a rematch with Amanda or a fight against uh, uh, Wei Li? Um, again, it's, that, that, it's a good one. It's a tough one. Um, I think probably Andrade is probably the one to go for now. I'm just here we go. Yeah, I'm just looking at the the rankings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Lauren Murphy. We seen her. Oh on, yeah. Uh, on the Khabib card, she wouldn't be a bad shot. Yeah. Uh, she performed very well in that in the last fight, but I think probably Andrade is probably the way to go at the minute. Um, I think she's. You know, I know it sounds bad, but I think she's the bigger name as well, and she, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it. Yeah, it, it, for me, it's got to probably be Andrade, based on the rankings. If it's not going to be Andrade, um, I'd like to see Murphy get a shot. Yeah, I don't think, even though Duke Higgins won, she said on the last fight that anyone who wants to fight Jeff Janko has to go through her first. So it's basically mm. saying that I'm basically the actual title contender because I've put this out as a tweet but I basically you've got to get past me 
I said she's kind of playing Gandalf, you know, you shall not pass kind of thing. Um, so I don't know, but I, I don't think she gets the next shot. It probably will be Andrade, and then they probably will have a super fight basically with Nunes or Whaley. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of super fights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there's not many people in. No, there's not, to be fair. Shevchenko, um, and especially with Nunes, they've, you know, changed a lot since their last fight. You know, I think some people even say that Shevchenko won the last fight, so he would be 1-1. Mm. Um, so it'd be, it, if she does get Andrade and she wins, it'd be interesting to see where they go after that. Um, but going to someone who's also looking for a fight, but not, having much success is Anton Silva. Um he's finding it really difficult getting into another promotion. Um, I think he's been declined by Bellator one. Um I think the only people who've given a, a basically an option is a Ryzen. But it's whether he goes for it because obviously mm. I'm guessing the money's gotta be right in that. So I mean what do you think you think he should try and get in, in a organisation and, and fight again or do you think really now we should just pack it in? I mean no. it, it almost seems as if when he when he had his last fight in the UFC like it felt like he didn't want that to be his last fight so yeah, he seems intent on having another fight um, I'll admit I thought it had Bellator written all over it um, didn't know we'd had an offer from them to be honest or yeah. didn't get an offer from them rather um, I thought that had Bellator written all over it Um doesn't, it's not the type of thing that's sort of bothered Bellator in the past. So yeah, they took a lot of UFC fighters in before, mm. haven't you know, left. So but, that has surprised me. But as I say, he seems intent on getting another, getting fighting more. Um, doesn't surprise me that, as much as it pains me to say, it doesn't surprise me that he's struggling to get into another promotion at the minute, given his, his recent record, as we've mentioned in the past. Um, you do know, you think? Um, do you think he's getting knocked back basically because you know they're trying to respect him, or do you think him going into a different promotion now doesn't really do much for them, considering you know his recent losses and that? And you know, it's I don't know. I mean, having Anderson Silva in a promotion is still going to do a lot for it, he's yeah. still one of the biggest names that MMA's ever had. So regardless of his record, it's still going to do big things for you. But it's whether you want to be seen as a promotion who's just going to give people money and fights because of who they are, yeah. rather than people who deserve it. Mm. Um, and you know, it, it's it's an easy way to piss off a lot of fans because yeah, yeah. you know, Anson Silva could come in. He's on what five five fight losing streak, something like that. I think, I think um, he's lost. He's lost. He's won one in his last nine fights. I think. Yeah, there you go. So. You know, say say signs Bellator. Bellator have got a history of just throwing them in, giving them sort of big fights. Mm. Um, but you know, then there's somebody in the same division who's on a who's on a win streak who should be fighting the person Anderson Silva's fighting. Yeah. It's a surefire way to piss people off just because it's Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't seem, especially at his aging, as you say, given his given his recent record, is it really worth running that risk and? Really, at the minute, you've got to say the answer is probably not. Mm. Yeah, I think in all honesty, he should. 
even though it's hard to do, you know, you hear a lot of them say it's hard, it's hard to actually hand up the, hang up the gloves. But I think in this kind of regard, he should and look on being involved in the sports in another way, you know. Yeah, so I think the answer for him, if he wants to carry on fighting, is probably going to end up being if he goes to Brazil or something. Go mm. go to a Brazilian promotion. Yeah, they they would jump at the chance to have him over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think over there, unfortunately, the level you'd have to believe anyway that the level probably isn't going to be as high as it is in the likes of UFC and Bellator and one. He's probably going to have easier fights, but then you know you can ruin his leg. You can ruin his legacy by carrying on fighting and losing, but at the same time, you can you can ruin his legacy by fighting bums and winning and not really doing anything for it you know it's one of them it, he's, he's in a very precarious spot in in his yeah. career and in his life at the minute um, for me I'd rather just um, retire um, be involved in the sport some other way but I, I would retire if I was in yeah I agree it's a very um, hard situation for him you know but I agree with what you said I think the Best thing is to put the gloves down, be involved, and so now it's become a trainer. You know, you're still you're still fighting in a in a sense. You know, you're just not yeah. competitively. Um, but yeah, I think you should hang hang them up. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's that it. That covered the news, does it? Yeah, I think that that covers it. Uh, what we can work for pull out anyway <laughs> okay lovely so that brings us nicely to our last segment as you know we like to end with a bit of fun and a bit of bit of opinion really and let's be honest yeah uh, so for today we've decided to go with um sort of what we consider some of the biggest upsets in we say mma because you know with us we are largely ufc so it is yeah. dominantly ufc um, for this, we've chosen. I've chosen eight. Uh, I believe you've got seven. I've got seven. Yeah. Um, we're going to do these in no particular order. Um, just, just good fights to talk about, yeah. and, and and they're um, not they're not essentially ranked either. You know, they're not they're not yeah. numbered. It's just just what we believe. So, because uh, yeah. I've got more, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start us off here. So That's the funny. first one I've I've chosen was um, quite an obvious one. Actually, you I imagine well. I think you would have put it down as well yourself. Um, and the first one chosen is uh, Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah, I put that down. It, it is the most obvious one. It's given, you know, obviously I, I did that way you went for that one first because we've just been chatting about them. You know, well, but... to be fair, I mean, it was it wasn't <laughs> the top of my list regardless. But oh, okay. It was a nice segue. It's almost yeah. like we planned that, and we yeah. really didn't. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's given the kind of run that he went on. You know, he was undefeated for years. He went through everyone uh, in impressive fashion, and and then he comes comes to uh, Wideman, and he just I don't know. He, he tried to do his usual thing, you know, bobbing and weaving. You know, yeah. But, well, the mind games, and, the mind games didn't work. Did even? Yeah, um, a, a lot of people. I think that blew a lot of people away to actually see yeah. Silver get beat. And, but I think it's a big thing because no one would imagine why no one would do it. You know, no. the amount of fighters answers come across, a lot of people would have picked. No, it'd be this one. You know, yeah, not why. 
but it was a while. <laughs> yeah, so I want to ask you with this. So obviously the first fight was was what's considered the upset. You can't really consider the second one an upset yeah. um, because Wadden was the champ. But what was more shocking for you, first fight or the second one? Hmm. I, I think the, they're both shocking, but it's for different values. It's mm. the first one shocking because Anson's been lost. Beat. He, he's lost after so many years of winning, you know. And then the second one shocking is just because of the the freak bloody accidents, you know. It's mm. actually seeing his leg go, you know, and break around his leg, and then yeah. you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was different kind of shock factor, you know. Yeah. And you know, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be overselling it by saying it it had it has ruined Anderson's career. Yeah, because I mean, he, he hasn't been the same since. He hasn't been the same. I mean, yeah, you could definitely make that point. I mean, he's he's got to get it repaired and everything. And he's probably mm. been thinking fighting fight on it. I think when he lost the Canonia, he lost by a leg kick. So I think it was that leg that he was kicking. Yeah. So you know, it, it has played a big big role in his. Recent losing streak and that, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I knew that one would come up. <laughs> yeah. So go on. What? What's was that top of your list as well, or what, no? What, what have you got to go with? No. Um. So, uh, I've got Gonzaga and Crocop. That's just the first one I've put down. Um, and this That's is, on my list. This is this is similar. I think a lot of shocking upsets uh, from. When a fight has been so dominant, and then they get beat, you know, there's obviously other kind of upsets, but this seems like to be the big one of being basically looking unbeaten and then getting beat. Yeah, I and think I say this is yeah, as I say, this is on my list as well. Um, I think where the upset factor comes into it for me is, and we've we've talked about this this fight and this finish in the past. Yeah. But I think the upset for me comes in the finish. <laughs> Not necessarily because Gonzaga's won, but it's just because how it's won, which is well. the upset. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, um, you know, it, it's, he's basically beat him on his own game, essentially, yeah. and that's, that's the shock. You would expect Crocop to be kicking his head off, you know, yeah. putting him in a bloody cemetery, you know, not the other way around. And another shock that adds to it is the position of his leg when he's landed. Mm. You know, that probably shocked everyone, especially when you get like a still picture of him and look at it, it's all mangled and stuff. Yeah, underneath him. You know, yeah, and but obviously, come before that, it's how dominant Crocop was in Pride, and then he come into UFC, and you know, I think he had a fight before it, and then he fought yeah. Gonzaga, and then yeah, there was so there's a few different shock factors in there, you know, definitely. Uh, so the next one I've got down um, was was Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I I was gonna put that down, but I didn't. But yeah, that's that's definitely another shocking moment. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, maybe in in the grand scheme of things, it it shouldn't be considered an upset. But when you consider the dominance of Ronda at the time, yeah, and how easy Holly made it look. Um, like the the one bit the one bit that I always remember from that fight is um I think is it I think Ronda goes to punch her and she just like kneels down kneels down and gets away from her underneath her 
Yeah. And she's she's just so elusive in that fight. And we mentioned it the last time Holly fought, she looked like that Holly Holm again. Yeah. Um, but at really the time, good. I don't think anybody thought that, you know, that Ronda would have lost in that fashion. No, no I, I think it is as well. I think you get these shocking upsets is because everyone gets into the the mind of, well, these just can't be beaten. They're being yeah. so dominant and won it like, in great fashion that they, they just can't be beaten. So when it does yeah. happen, that's when the shock comes because they, they put themselves in that mindset too much where you think, you know, even though they're crazy athletes, we're all still human, you know what I mean? We've all still got our, you know, flaws and stuff. And oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting a bit bit into this a bit my like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we to get to no, you, I know you, you know what I mean. It's like if people didn't have that mindset, then I mean you won't get upsets. But yeah, upsets well. are good because of the value and that and especially with MMA, they, they always happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um another one that I've got down uh, is BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar. You have that one? No. No. Um, yeah, I think this, this again, this same kind of thing. Penn was basically the king of the lightweight. You know, Edgar comes in and you think he's going to do what he's done to previous fighters. And yeah. Edgar absolutely, you know, batters him, basically takes him down, beating him in the standing exchange. You know, and... I think they had, they had the trilogy, didn't they? Did yeah, they have a trilogy yeah. or was it two? I think it was a trilogy. Trilogy, sound right in my head. I, um, so. I don't know. I, 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 think, I think it's two because I think Frankie won the second one, so they'd be no need for the third. Yeah, and obviously, you know, it was kind of, it's customary, and, you know, when a champion's been champion so long, they get the rematch, and then mm. Egg has, like, done, done the same, you know? So I think that's, like, the first one is the shock, and with the second one, you think I was going to come back, you know, be BJ Penn, but yeah, it just went the case. Edgar was, Edgar was his Achilles heel, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, my next one is uh, Rose, Nami Yunus, and Joanna. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just. Again, similar to like the, the Holly Holm one, um, when you consider how dominant Joanna was at the time, and she was just sort of steamrolling everyone, and then Rose come in with this completely fully polished performance, and there was some bad blood between them, if I remember right as well, beforehand, wasn't there? Yeah, um, I think uh, Joanna was trying to get into a mind, I think, yeah. you know, try and deter her. You know, I think there was a point at the weigh-ins where uh, Joanna's kind of like put a fist right in the face, you know, so yeah. there's a lot of stuff, but it hasn't worked with Rose. She's stayed composed, not let it affect her, made sure she's not coming pure on emotion. Yeah. And I think she'd take her older as well, didn't she? Yeah. So it's not like she's talking to the decision, she's, you know, take well, her. That's it, again. And then he fought again after that, and Rose yeah. was won by decision that time, so. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's one one of the best fights. The the, the second one. Yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah. Um. So who next? 
uh, I, I put down um, Liddell and Rashad Evans because I, I think what, what it was I just remember watching it I can't remember where, where I seen it I just watched that event and um, it was I think a lot of people didn't think Rashad would win first off yeah but I don't think a lot of people thought he would knock out Liddell the way he did you know like complete flash knockouts um, I remember like after after he'd done it the whole crowd was silent he just had literally look of shock on the face you know what I mean gobsmacked and that, that's like one reason why I put it down because when you get a moment that's so shocking that absolutely silence silences the fans you know you, you, you don't see that a lot so I wanted to put that down for for that reason um, and again the way Evans won was, was shocking literally put him out clean yeah um, so my next one and um, you might have this yourself I've gone uh, Matt Setter in GSP no I didn't I didn't put that one down no. even though I was, was I was considering it but I didn't yeah. put that down there's so many tickets in there yeah. um, I think it was just again it was I think we went with that it was just one of them nobody seen it coming um, you know, I don't even think Sarah seen it coming no you know what I mean no. he was like really you know <laughs> yeah um, yeah, it was just one of them. I think any time. I think GSP has only lost twice, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And Avengers both. Set, set um, yeah. Yeah. So seeing GSP lose is, is shocking anyway. Um, Matthews, you know, you can't call that an upset because it's Matthews. Yeah. But Matt Setter, <laughs> don't get me wrong, Matt Setter was great, but, it, you know, it's not like he, you can't really say it was the same level as, as GSP in all fairness no. which is, which did make it shocking um, he's not really, really a, a standout is he obviously he's not as today but you know back then he went when is as no, much of a standout that's it and you know when you look at you know when GSP retires if he's not already officially retired I suppose you know <laughs> yeah. for Matt Matt is going to be looking back thinking uh, he's on a very very short list of people who've beaten there so it's yeah it must be nice for them he can he can live off that you know for the for the long term but but yeah um, the, the the mats is a little bit of a, a little <laughs> bit of a thing for, for jsp you know maybe matt said it and matthew should have thought to see who was the best mat of all time he <laughs> should he should fight on the mat to see who's the best mat so who have you got next then um I've got two more left. So next one I've gone with is uh, I was gonna say, yeah, sorry, I was going to say something, but it was the right thing. The uh, Doom and Fado. Um, I think this is which one? Sorry, Fado and the Doom. Oh, I've got that. I didn't think you'd got that. No, yeah. I, I think it's again it's Fado and it coming from his prior days, you know. I think a lot of people thought he'd, mm. he'd get into the UFC and said he went to Strike Force, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, was it Strike Force that he had this in? Went right there. Um, I was only looking at the record before, yeah. Strike yeah, Force. Strike Force, yeah. You know, and he comes in and you know, people think he's going to come in and absolutely demolish the, the, the heavyweights and he gets submitted, I presume, you know. Yeah. And that puts an end to the streak, and 
Nine years long. Into an era. I mean, I think recently Fago have been winning, but I think since coming into like Strike Force and Bellator and that, I don't think he's been the same really since his prior days. He hasn't been. He hasn't been as dominant. He's still only lost six fights, mm. which isn't a lot. And to be fair, three of them were in Strike Force, one after another. Lost yeah. to Vadim, lost to Bigfoot, lost to Dan Henderson. Yeah. Then went on another one, two, three, five, five win streak. Uh, lost to Matt Mitrione, uh, okay. one, two, and ro- lost to Ryan Bader. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, for that, as I say, for me, it was the whole, you know, nine years he was undefeated. Mm. Um, he lost one fight to, uh, to you, to you, to, to Suyoshi, because <laughs> he's going to say, uh, Kosaka. Back in 2000, and I was a doctor stoppage, and then he won, you know, well, like a lot. In a row or something, didn't he? Not far off, let's see, so he was one, two, three. <laughs> Counting them. <laughs> yeah. It, it was an impressive streak, you know. So he won 26 fights. In his next 27, and that's because one went to a no contest. Yeah. No contest. Um, so that record was was unparalleled at the time. Um, going on like that. And it's something we've said in the, you know, about like when we've talked about goats, about how they go on, they might they might lose a fight early in the career and then go on some big man yeah. win streak, which which Fedor did. Um yeah, to end the nine year undefeated streak like that was just was shocking. So yeah. Well, it's a rifle place on the list. Here's a question, and I haven't put this down, but I did see it. But it kind of goes with it. Um, Henan Brow and TJ Dillashaw. Um, obviously TJ beat him, but but I was in a s- similar situation as Fedor. He was unbeaten in thirty odd fights over the span of nine years. Yeah. Why do you think he isn't considered a ghost? when Fedor is and he's done a similar kind of Probably, you know what, it probably will boil down to the names that each of them have fought. So, and the fact that, you know, a lot of Fedor's come in pride and stuff like that. So, for instance, some of the names in Fedor's streak, Heath Heron, uh, you've got Big Nog, um, Oh, so you got Heath Heron, Big Nog, Gary Goodridge, who we've talked about, Mark yeah. Coleman, Kevin Randleman, um, Big Nog again, Crow Cop, mm. Coleman again, Mark Hunt, um, Tim Sylvia, Arlovsky. What did you call so, me? What? What did you call me? I didn't call you Nog. Mark Hunt, what? <laughs> 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 I mean, you're my it. people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you look at them names in there. And then, like, I'll probably get made to look like an idiot now. Um, <laughs> yeah, go to Edinburgh on these four yeah. just, just special people. <laughs> yeah, no. And then you look at Edinburgh and he's for Godzilla. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's he now? <laughs> yeah, so, no, I'm not going to be made to look like an idiot. So, no. really, he only started getting to the bigger names later on in that run so like um 
Brad Pickett, I suppose you could, uh, he, he's known at least. <laughs> Scott yeah. Jorgensen, Uriah yeah. Faber, mm-hmm. uh, twice, twice yeah. and Eddie Wineland. So he hasn't fought as many high caliber fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the difference. Yeah, that's true. That's want to say your opinion on that because I just remember seeing him uh, and I was, I was looking for uh, some upsetting thing about some yeah so um, next on my list um, and I've only got two left now myself um, so Nate Diaz Conor McGregor yeah I've, I've got that down as well yeah okay. that, that okay. was out oh man yeah uh, so it probably again it might not be classed as an upset in the grand scheme of things when you consider how long Nate's been around and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. For me, it's a, it goes down as an upset because I, nobody I know gave him a chance in hell of winning. No, I mean, like, me, was, I, 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 was felt, with, I was with Diaz. I'm sure you were. I mean, oh yeah, you know, Diaz is, is skilled. You know, he's, he'll stand the man, but he's also got his jiu-jitsu to fall back on, which is what he won the fight with. So I, I think the upset literally did come from no one gave him the chance, especially coming against McGregor. McGregor yeah. didn't even think he'd win, you know. Um, like he said, he went surprised. You know, I'm not surprised I won. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I'm, I'm a fighter at the end of the day. I've done it for years. Never ruled me out, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and and no. it's also it's also how again come from dominance of uh, McGregor, you know, his wins over Aldo and stuff and I'm I'm sure he was on a streak. He I think yeah. he he meant to fight for the belt at lightweight against uh Los Anjos, I think. I think uh Rafael or RDI pulled out and then they made that fight. So I mean I'm sure, I'm sure he was on a, on a street. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And I was very happy when Nate Diaz won. Very, very yeah. happy. <laughs> um, so, my last one. Um, not sure how much you are aware of it. Um, it did get mentioned when we were watching UFC 10 by commentators. Okay. Um, so, for my last one, and it's just for the difference in, in them. So, I've gone for Mark Hall and uh, Koji Katal. So, that was from UFC 9. Okay. And... Um, Koji Katal was a sumo wrestler. Oh, okay. And he stops him in like under a minute. Yeah. Um, so, again, I think that is likely just, it's not necessarily a skill thing it, or anything like that. He stops him, I think. It, it, Sorry, Marvel stops. stops. Okay. Yeah, stops the sumo in inside a minute. Okay. Um, so, it's not necessarily a skill thing for that. It's just the visual, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the size difference. Just, yeah, just, yeah, just, Amazing, and it goes to prove how much size back then, at least anyway, wasn't a factor. Yeah. Um. So it was just just an interesting little one to bring up. And while I'm on that, I just want to point out Russia is a crazy place. Did you see? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if, if anyone that. if anyone never hasn't seen it, um, you had a, a fe- in Russia a female <sighs> bantamweight fighter, hundred and twenty five pounds, whatever yeah. she was. Fighting a five hundred and forty-nine pound man, and uh, I'm winning. She won, yeah. TKO'd him. <laughs> I and that that's a good thing to come up with the size difference, and even you know female and male doesn't matter. Mm. You know, I mean, <laughs> like that that's just mad. 
visual was was something. The, the, the visuals, especially when he starts rolling around on the floor, it was like, did you see that when he come in? He just yeah. gets in the cage and starts <laughs> rolling, you know. And yeah, I mean, you, you say you'd like to see it, you know, in the UFC, you know, imagine if Shevchenko fighting, you know, for Grado or something. But um, Russia's actually done it. <laughs> yeah, have, have a look at it if nobody's seen it. But, yeah, um, it's yeah, they were our upsets. Um, you know, get in touch with us, let us know any upsets that we should have included or any that you would have included. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but that that wraps it up for today. Yeah, and you can um, help us get this episode out more. Uh, retweet it uh, on our Twitter, which is what is it, James? At Super Necessary with two wives. <laughs> with two wives, yeah. Uh, the one, the one with one way was taken. <laughs> was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, we have we have got our website as well. Uh, super Necessary Podcast. Uh, .co.uk. There Sorry, you I a message <laughs> halfway through there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Need to yeah, so Super Necessary Podcast.co.uk. Check us out. Uh, you can get in touch with us through that. Or you can get in touch with us, as, as we say, on our Twitter. Um, and you've got both our personal Twitters in our Twitter bio as well if you ever wanted to contact us directly yep. uh, or individually um, and we've all we've got our own little sort of shop as well at the minute um, so to find it basically type in shop.spreadshirt no don't do that that looks weird I don't uh, that's what it says <laughs> is the website don't type that in yeah. just just search super necessary spreadshirt and you'll find us um, <laughs> it is our it is still our pinned tweet so you will be able to find it there anyway. Yeah, um, it's still a work in progress as well. Yeah, we've got a few designs on there. Um, admittedly, some do keep getting taken down for copyright reasons, unfortunately. Yeah, and, um, Apparently design quality, which we're offended by. Um, yeah, cheeky. But yeah, check us out. Put a lot of effort into them. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, when I should have been working instead. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, just just check us out. It'd be a big help if you, even if you just let us know what you think and think of the designs. It's it's a it's a helping you know to to step up for us. So yeah, check us out. Um, if you you know listen to us on on Apple, uh, rate us, give us a leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Um, the more ratings we get, the higher up we'll feature on Apple's charts, and that would obviously be massive for us. Yeah. Um, we'll be back as soon as we can. And hopefully we'll have um hopefully we'll bring some more people on for you soon as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening. Super necessary.